0: If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth.
1: All Things Sane, Representative Jason Sane. And good morning. You are listening to All Things Sane here on WSIC. I am your host, State Representative Jason Sane. Joining me in studio today is the boss lady, Uh, Actually, I've got two boss ladies joining me today. i have got Angela Miranda here in studio. She's recently been promoted to chief of staff in our office, and she's uh, with us in the district this week uh, doing some fun things. We did a great event yesterday with Spectrum, uh, Charter Spectrum, talking about rural broadband, did it on a farm. Jerry Wyatt, Linda Wyatt out in Vail, North Carolina, getting those high-speed connections out to rural areas in North Carolina, so we did that yesterday. Uh, she's here in the district this week. Uh, it's it's a little slow in Raleigh, which is always great to uh, to get staff here in the district. So, Angela, welcome to the show. Uh, first time in studio.
2: Yeah, first time in studio. Thank you for having me back. I'm excited. No. Well,
1: I, and I did not alert her that she was going to be on the radio this morning, but I'm sure she will do fine. Uh, that's what it's like working for me.
2: You move at a mile a minute, and I've just got to be able to keep up. Yeah. So, on the radio show, I am here today. Here you are.
1: <laughs> so, well, also joining us uh, via video link is uh, the other boss lady uh, from home. Uh, we've got a very special guest, uh, Miss Catherine Sane. She is the director of Lincoln County Senior Center, uh, and she was just named the department manager of the year for Lincoln County government and is the wife of your host. Uh, <laughs> welcome, Kat.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> well, we're glad to have to you. Here. Well, I, I noticed that you're an award-winning manager because I see the award behind you there on the screen, which I think you should just carry around with you all holiday and uh, as we <laughs> as we go to different family events, uh, just so they can brag on you. But congratulations. You are the Lincoln County Manager of the Year, and you received that last week. And uh, I, I maybe knew about it a little ahead of time, but uh, was, <laughs> was glad to hear your surprise voice, and congratulations.
0: Well, thank you so much. Um, I've been with Lincoln County now. It'll be seven years in February. Um, That was always a a really big goal of mine is to become the manager of the year. Um, It is an award that's voted on by my peers. So other directors vote. Um, The county manager has a vote and the board of commissioners have a vote. Uh, So it's, it's, it's pretty big honor. And I was shocked Uh, you know, they always do the reading of who wins the award kind of vague in the beginning, heard a few buzzwords and just kind of passed it off like, no, that's not me. And then when they said something about seniors, and then some of the other programs that we offer here at the Senior Center, I was like, Oh, my gosh, that is me. (laughs) Um, So I was super excited and had that deer in a headlight shocked face. I'm Grateful. Nobody actually captured that moment, but it was really a lot of fun.
1: Well, very proud of you, and uh, well deserved. I know how I know just how hard you work at it. So uh, <laughs> and 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 how much you care. Uh, you 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 talk about you've been with the county for uh, seven years now. Uh, this is really your dream job. When it came open, um, some some of the staff there at the senior center had encouraged you uh, to apply, but you've worked with uh older americans all your life when when you were in high school even you worked as a cna Mm -hmm. a certified nursing assistant uh in nursing homes did that well while we were dating uh Mm -hmm. up until the point when you got your you got your four-year degree and then you got your master's degree um in uh, master's in health administration from unc charlotte go niners um and uh you know we are we do bleed green and gold um and, and then you've been there you, and got the Charlotte mug. If you're watching, you saw that. Um, but you, you, your passion has really been with, with working with older people all your life. And you do that day in and day out. You love it. Even during COVID, you were planning uh, virtual events for, for seniors when they were at home and couldn't be at the center there. But you've got a really nice center and a lot of activities that happen in Lincoln County. It's for all seniors in Lincoln County. Uh, Tell us about what are you doing for Christmas?
0: (laughs) So um, yeah that was a really nice um, bio of me. (laughs) Um, I originally thought that I was going to be in med school and wanted to be a doctor and my high school offered a CNA class so I thought well why not give it a shot and uh, started working in nursing homes and loved it. I realized that that was my passion. worked in nursing homes all throughout college, and then worked for about 14 years at a hospital. Um, And then we had our first son in 2008. And things started to change where I wanted to be a little bit closer to home. And this just this opportunity fell in our in our laps. And it was, I'm so grateful for it, because I've been able to Um, have lunch with Jackson and and have lunch with Jason when he's in the district and home, and it's just been a godsend for us for the last um, almost 17 years. But that being said, uh, the senior center was uh, developed in 1998. Um, The commissioners voted on that. A little plug, Jason's mom was one of the commissioners that helped establish the senior center in Lincoln County, so we're, we're super grateful that they saw the need. Um, as Lincoln County is growing by leaps and bounds, our senior population in the county is going to be huge. Um, it's going to outpace those 18 to 25 years of age uh, within the next 10 years. So having services in our county is very very important Um, we do all kinds of different programming at a senior center that you would expect we've got um, daily activity classes uh, cardio exercise classes monday through friday we've got yoga tai chi um, exercise classes that are chair um, originated so it's a lot of chair work a lot of sitting work work with bands and balls so it's lower impact so we can really meet people where they're at uh, so they don't have to worry about not being able to do something so they won't come. Um, The whole point of our senior center is to keep people engaged and keep people active um, and keep them in their home as long as possible. People want to age in place. That's the term that or the buzz buzz phrase in in our industry. They want to stay home. They don't want to go to an assisted living or to a nursing home. And so our goal is to provide um, any kind of social activity, engagement activity, even advocacy events. We put our seniors in front of state legislators, the Board of Commissioners. Uh, We've sent letters to Washington DC to encourage additional funding so we can continue to provide those opportunities to Lincoln County uh, seniors um, across the county. The only caveat is you have to be 60 years or older and live in Lincoln County. Um, I'm a little embarrassed to say that I'm going to be getting there pretty soon, but um, (laughs) we're going to be well ready for it with all of the different activities that we have. We are a Certified Senior Center of Excellence. That means that we do go above and beyond with our programming. So we do offer uh, at least 15 different activities a week. Uh, For Christmas, for December, we've been really, really busy. We've had the Boger City Baptist Golden Choir here, and they were amazing. They sang some praise songs and some Christmas carols. And then we had a local um, musician, his name is Joe Nino. He has performed at Queens Landing. He's performed in DC. Uh, He was invited for a show in Las Vegas. So we're super excited that he wanted to come to the Senior Center and perform. So we just had that on Friday. Of course, one of the more popular activities is going to be on Thursday, where we're going to be giving away over 200 pies to seniors that have been active um, at the Senior Center over the last year. That's one of the ways that we can give back and say thank you to them.
1: Well, that so, is awesome. And I hate to interrupt you because I know how passionate you are about it. Um, we got just a, real quick, what is a website or a phone number that they can find out more from the Senior Center?
0: Okay. So our website is connected to LincolnCounty.gov. Um, actually,
1: yeah, LincolnCountyNC.gov. LincolnCounty.gov. We will get yes. back to you, Catherine. Thank you. Love you. Appreciate you being on the show.
0: If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. All things safe.
1: Representative safe. And welcome back to All Things Sane. I am your host, State Representative Jason Sane, on this pre-Christmas episode. I want to thank Catherine Sane again for coming on the Lincoln County Manager of the Year and the Director of Senior Services. As you could tell, we talk a lot at our house. Uh, so there's never never a, a, a moment where we don't have a good conversation. Uh, we we cut off right before the break, but she did want to say, uh, LincolnCountyNC.gov is where you can find the senior se- services website, but also uh, Lincoln Senior Lincoln County Senior Services on Facebook, or you can call them at 704-732-9053. That's 704-732-9053 to learn more about senior services. If you're over 60 in Lincoln County and want to be active, they would love to have you. And I really appreciate her being on and we'll get her back on soon. Uh, but joining me now, joining Angela and I now, I should say my co-host today, i um, <laughs> Dan Spoiler, who, Spooler, I should, like ruler, uh, uh, Dan is on known Dan a long time, uh, tell you a little bit about what we're going to talk about, a little, little cryptocurrency, a little Bitcoin, uh, really cool stuff, uh, but we'll explain it to you because some people kind of get glassy out of when you say these things, so we'll talk about it a little bit, but Dan's been at the forefront of the cryptocurrency revolution, focusing on decentralized digital assets, Bitcoin and blockchain technologies. Uh, Dan uh, had a huge role in North Carolina's blockchain sphere and has expanded that influence into Washington DC. Uh, in 2021, got a unanimous passage of a bipartisan regulatory sandbox act of 2021. That was a great act. I know it's great because I know the guy that sponsored it. Um, and uh, he was appointed the co-chair of the North Carolina Blockchain Initiative by Lieutenant Governor Dan Forrest and then reappointed by Mark Robinson. Uh, from, since 2020, he's been the head of industry affairs for the Blockchain Association. And lots of other things we'll talk about. Worked on, uh, I think, Dan, when we first met, you were field director for Pat McCrory, maybe. That might have been about the first time we met. <laughs> uh known, known you a long time, uh, worked with State Representative Mike Stone on his campaign, uh, Wake County Republican Party, been involved there, State Director of Get Out the Vote uh, and for the Mitt Romney campaign in 2012, and uh, held senior roles in the North Carolina Department of Commerce, North Carolina Department of Transportation, Turnpike Authority. So welcome to the show. Uh, glad to have you on, my friend.
3: Thank you. Great to see you again. Uh, and it was a tough act to follow there. Um, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be on your program.
1: Yeah, no, glad to have you. And and you know, we, we, we get into the weeds sometimes on some of the, 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 the policy stuff, but it's I think it's awesome to, to be able to tell people, that's why we do this show each week, is, is to really inform them about state government, what we're doing, uh, some of the cutting edge stuff that we do. Um, you know, you, you you might not think about it when you think about state legislatures, but really state legislators are, are, are at the forefront of, of leading, and Washington sometimes follows. And and as you've, you've been a big part of that, uh, coming out of North Carolina, working on things like digital currency and blockchain, um, it is it's it's been a, a really fun ride in a really small amount of time when you think about it. Um, you know, blockchain legislation, you, if you're if you're going to vote here in, in March or or in November, that's probably not at the forefront of voters' minds. But it it should be, uh, because our state has done phenomenal work uh, moving forward, and you've been a big part of that. Tell us how you got into that. how, how did how did, one? We'll talk about what it is, but how did you, how did you yeah. get there? I, I gave you a little bit of the bio, but uh, you've kind yeah. of fell into this, and this become your niche.
3: Yeah, that's a. I appreciate the question, and um, you know, it's funny. Every, everybody who got into Bitcoin or uh, crypto has like a story of how they first really fell upon it and discovered it. I, I really kind of fell into it just by a fluke uh, way back in 2012. You know, I was doing a little research and I stumbled across it as a concept and it was really, um, it struck me. I mean, my day job at the time I was working, um, this was right before I ended up going to work in state government uh, for McCrory administration in 2013. But I went to a few of the meetup groups in in Raleigh um, and it was, it was the same, you know, uh, five or 10 guys just chit-chatting about it. And um, one of my colleagues, my old friend Farouk Oxton, who is also from Wake County, he he was into it as well. And my brother and a few others, so we decided, um, yeah, there's got to be more people thinking about this than just us. So we we decided to put on a conference. We called it CryptoLina, which is a combination of Carolina and cryptocurrency. We did we we kicked that off originally in 2013. Held our first big event in Raleigh in 2014. Uh, we did another one in Charlotte in 2015. But we invited a lot of um, early Stakeholders in, in Bitcoin that now have gone on to do very big big things in the industry, um, and it was we were enthusiasts. You know, it was it was just a hobby for the most part. We did a little bit of mining and we did a little bit of uh, just education. And when we kicked that conference off, it really opened up a lot of doors. Uh, I think for the Carolinas in the greater crypto Bitcoin ecosystem, and so. Flash forward, um, I ended up going to work for Sharon Decker in the Commerce Department um, in North Carolina, which, you know, under the budget, the state's banking commissioner um, falls underneath that. And right around that time, the state was in the process of updating its money transmitter laws. And they hadn't been updated really since 1991. But the, the conversations were starting to uh, grow around virtual currency is what the, the, the government folks called it. And um I decided you know just to leverage my contacts and my my political uh, influence a um, little bit of it I had that back then to, to get the conversation going and um, we can get into that in a little bit here but that's when North Carolina from a policy perspective really started to get on the map with that with that particular bill um, the money transmitter bill uh, legislation
1: yeah and that was uh in when was that that was 26 20-
3: yeah, that was that was back when Ray Grace was commissioner. So the yeah. conversations kicked off in 2014 or Fourteen. so. It was about yeah. two years or so by the time we got it all said and done.
1: So in a really narrow window, when we think about state government, just how quickly this has has come forward, uh, and, yeah. and and you really have been at the at the forefront. You, like say you started as a hobbyist, but then then as it's grown, as interest has grown. Um, it, it it is pretty amazing, and you know, like anything else on the internet, uh, there's tons of conspiracies and everything else that you see. We 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 prefer to have a, an actually informed approach to it, and and we're trying to figure out where North Carolina is going to position position itself. I know you and I together have worked with Congressman McHenry on a yes. lot of the legislation too from the federal level, and seeing what what is happening there. Uh, so we kind of understand it forward and backwards and that's that's an important part of your role now uh, with what you do you you interface with with thought leaders um, not not only at the federal level but also the state level
3: yeah you know it's I, I always like joke I kind of wear two hats um, I, my day job my, at the national level I, I I moved up to Washington DC but I still have you know place in, in North Carolina but I split my time and um I, I focus a lot on the federal policy um, with digital assets and, and decentralized digital assets and blockchain, but um, the state level, um, there's, there's a lot going on. And um, including that the task force that was launched uh, a couple of several years back, which I'd love to talk more about that too. Um, the, I think the states though, generally, as you pointed out earlier, have been a little bit more nimble and a little more um, forward thinking on this simply because I think they can get things done quicker but then the feds, you know, they'll, they'll take a slower approach, a more methodical approach. But we've been very fortunate in North Carolina, just our delegation in general at the national level has been very forward thinking on this industry, particularly, as you mentioned, Patrick McHenry, who's a uh, you know, very powerful role chairman of financial services, which generally is the is the oversight of this entire um, uh, discussion in Washington. And then even our Senator, um, Ted Budd, um, very forward-thinking on decentralized finance, digital assets. We've had some great conversations with him. Um, and then even Wiley Nickel, Democrat um, out of Raleigh, You know, he's really, um, even though he's only been there a short time, stepped up, he's on the digital assets subcommittee on financial services um, under McHenry. So we're fortunate in our state uh, to have that national leadership. And then at the state level, uh, for sure. I mean, there's no question. I think we're leading leaps and bounds starting with our Lieutenant governor and then many folks within the state legislature, uh, including yourself, obviously you've done a lot for us. Um, a few other state representatives, Stephen Ross out of Alamance County. He's the one that really helped us with that money transmitter act coming up on 10 years now. Um, even representative Harry Warren and Brody, um, they've been really um, you know, supportive of us on a variety of fronts, especially this past summer. Um, we've had some really good movement and uh, I think other states you know, they look to us now for, for leadership. Um, and I'm not sure how many of your listeners know that, but we've, um, we've really carved out a strength for ourselves in, in North Carolina.
1: It is and pretty that's amazing
3: nationally it, other States are asking us, Hey, what are you doing? Talk to me about this sandbox. Talk to me about this, um, um, anti-CBDC bill, et cetera.
1: Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it, it is pretty amazing. Um, I'll have state legislators call me from other States and say, Hey, I'm, I'm reading this headline. Um, what t- tell me more uh, one how are you how are you doing it and and what brought the conversation on from a state level uh, and they want to they you know look I, I'm always glad to share that information other states uh, help them uh, get to where they need to get to uh, but but really being a part of it, And just being recognized, you know, in in conversations when we go to some of these conferences that we go to, um, I just um, recently, just so you know, got appointed to the uh, CAT Task Force Chairman of of NCSL. Uh, So I'm sure that, and CAT being Communications and Technology. So I'm sure that that conversation will continue there, too. Uh, when I was national chairman of ALEC, still involved in ALEC, we've, we've had a lot of work there at ALEC as well, the American Legislative Exchange Council. And these are two organizations that work with state legislators, um, really in a, in, a, in, a, in a bipartisan or nonpartisan fashion, uh, to your point about uh, uh, Representative Nickel. Uh, being of interest of uh, to him and what he's doing, uh, McHenry a Republican, uh, Nickel a, a D- Democrat, but it, it touches everyone, uh, and so this is a this is a conversation that I think people really want to know more about. You can walk in now to service stations and and actually, uh, which kind of shocked me when I, I pulled off the road. Normally, don't notice you know some of the advertising at a service station, but they had a way to get Bitcoin uh, yeah. there at the service station. I was like, wow, yeah. we I, I I guess we. Made that happen. I don't know, but it, but I was I was just shocked. I'd, I'd pulled off in Burlington, uh, and uh, oh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And I was, oh, oh, wow, wow. But uh, it's a great, fascinating conversation, Dan. Uh, stick around. We're gonna continue sure. this conversation. Uh, we're talking about Bitcoin, digital currency, blockchain, all kinds of cool stuff. Angela and I just talked to a company this week that's, they're burning tires and and doing it in yep. a way to, to, to make fuel, but then they're also using that energy to mine Bitcoin and do other things. So we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to All Things Sane here on WSIC.
3: They, they actually here, there's declared no uh, that you. CBDC building on our um, uh, model policy.
1: Yep, here we go. Yep. All Things Sane with Representative Jason Sane. And welcome back to All Things Sane here on WSIC. If you were listening during the break, if you're listening to our live broadcast that we do over. YouTube and Twitter and so forth. You uh, heard Dan and I talking and Angela talking about some of the uh, the cool things that are happening here in North Carolina on Bitcoin and uh, cryptocurrency and so forth. It's tons happening, uh, and and you might not be aware of it, but it is it is happening. We're talking uh, to Dan Spooler. He is with the the Blockchain Association, been a big part of of. What is happening with digital currency in North Carolina for a long time? Glad to have you on my friend. we We could talk all day and and probably wait till people really do get glass-eyed about about <laughs> cryptocurrency, but it's very exciting and and I know that I get questions from constituents and friends. like we hear you talk about it, but we don't understand it. What exactly is cryptocurrency?
3: yeah, it's a it's a common question. Um, the easiest ways to describe it is it's it's a digital currency. It was uh, created, uh, the the white paper was released back in uh, Halloween of 2008. But the first transaction, it was launched in January of 2009. So it's coming about a little over 15 years now, but um, it's a decentralized digital asset. Um, Unlike government issued currencies, it's not operated even by any uh, decentralized authority. And so the Bitcoin is based on the underlying technology is called a, a blockchain, which I know a lot of your listeners probably have also heard of. Um, the blockchain itself is just simply a ledger it's a decentralized ledger that records all the transactions um, across the network and so that ensures the security but the bitcoin essentially is just a reward from a process known as mining um and that the, the mining itself is a um it, it uses computer power cpu power to solve complex mathematical problems mm-hmm. and then the reward for the solving those is um, is the bitcoin yeah. The best, the majority of your listeners, though, uh, in terms of acquiring Bitcoin, the conversation around it, I don't think most need to get into the technical aspects of it. That's a big challenge that our industry has is describing it. But I, I tell them to look at it as an asset at this point. Um, it's you know, in the old days, you used to be able to mine it you know on your own laptop. Now, as the as the, um, the network grows, it requires more and more CPU power. So that's why you see a lot of mining facilities come up. But most folks can simply buy it now in an exchange.
1: Yeah, right. You can you can buy it, and I, I tell people that if they don't quite understand it, but they've got a, a young person at home that plays Fortnite. Yeah. Uh, I, I, sorry, yeah. I, I say uh, it's it's called the V Bucks, and so if you understand what V Bucks are, and it took me a while because my son was buying them um, on my credit card, uh, and and then telling me later what they were, and I didn't I didn't quite understand, but it, it had one it had value to him because uh, he plays the game. But he would exchange, you know, hard dollars, what would be hard dollars, although digitally because he's doing it on a card, but then converts that into what they call V-Bucks. So Fortnite is produced by Epic Games. It's here in North Carolina. And you could buy things within the game. Right. So yep. to him, it had value. You could buy different uh, what they call skins for the players, the different outfits, if you will, uh, or, or 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 weapons or tools within the game uh, that you could use those V bucks to buy something with. And that's that's really a, a by definition, what you said, a decentralized digital asset. Uh, you could you could you could buy it there. You could participate um, and, it, and it had value. It certainly has value to him and he still plays. And of course, we still buy them. Um, but, but that's just a, a very simple example right. of what we're talking about.
3: It's very simple. That's a great way to explain it. Um, virtual currency itself, you know, it's been around for a long time. Um, folks uh, are able to transact and purchase things online on the web. Um, Bitcoin uh, it was the first and to date the largest, most secure cryptocurrency um, so there's no centralized authority for it but it does have implications in you know, the tax ecosystem um, you know the irs weighed in about 10 years ago now on how they would classify bitcoin it's currently taxed as property um but that's um, it to, to me um, another great a, a way to explain it to probably a lot of your listeners is if they're into the, into gold um, gold is, is where it's a physical hard asset it's still scarce um it is still decentralized right there's no authority of gold um it's more of a commodity it's a commodity but it's still uh, it's still a store of value, and that is really what Bitcoin has become as well.
1: Yeah, right. It's yeah, it has value, and we're talking about what uh, we think about mining, and it's you know, uh, <laughs> it's not someone going out there and with a pickaxe and, and and going into a tunnel and mining something, but using computing power, and and it's getting That's- bigger and bigger. Uh, so in in so doing. Uh, it requires a lot more cpu uh, central processing um from 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 the chips that you that you have in your computers uh to also the energy that that is used to to do that right i mean computers don't just you know they don't run off uh, uh solar power necessarily like i guess they could if you had a converter but um, but to, but you have to have some type of energy you know yes. pro- making the machine go uh yes so that's that, what's required yeah, so that becomes a uh, an issue as well. And we were talking about a company that uh, just had in my office uh, last week, and then Angela has been up uh, to visit with um, PRTI um, in, in North Carolina. Where's that Franklin old? County. Franklin County. And so she's been up there to see their operation, but they're, they're taking what would be uh, really something filling a landfill and finding a way to convert rubber tires, old rubber tires, and it's something that can be used in, in multiple ways, uh, and part of that is the energy uh, that you can that you can harvest from it, and it's helping fund um, the, 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 their their server farm.
3: That's a great example of an uh, innovative way that individuals can you know utilize power uh, to mine Bitcoin. That's one of the biggest challenges at the federal level and at the state level that we're fight, fighting right now is the conversation around. Um, energy usage. Now, in my opinion, I mean, as long as you're doing something fully legal, uh, it should be nobody's business how you're using your energy. But um, we've run into some problems with groups like Greenpeace and others, like especially in Buncombe County, where they fought back against a lot of these great miners that are creating jobs. They're, they're developing parts of North Carolina that have been really, um, you know, uh, left behind in, in the in the economy. Um, but uh, it all boils down, in their opinion, to the energy, and that's a very important component of it. Uh, but we've seen some of the biggest and greatest mining companies in the United States, they use hydroelectric, they use green power, they'll use wind. Um, and then in this case, they're, uh, in PTRI and other groups, they're using um, wasted energy, energy that would maybe end up in the atmosphere or in landfills. They're they're capturing that. They're, they're, uh, you know, the process is proprietary, but I guess they're gasifying the rubber. and They're converting that, all that power to mining Bitcoin, which in the long run is going to be very, very profitable for them. And um, we see other groups like Crusoe Energy, they're capturing flare gas out of um, out of their um, coal factories mm-hmm. to capture that. That would normally end up again in the atmosphere. They're capturing that um, that to, to turn it into energy to mine Bitcoin. Uh, we got a lot of great miners in our state. Um, we even have the uh, world's largest Bitcoin mining museum um, run by the Coin Dad up there in Greensboro or in Alamance County. Um, and he, I think mining is a very important component of our of our ecosystem. And I think that's one of the things we're going to focus on in the next year or two on just legislation. We want mining to be fully legal and, and, and we want our state to be, you know, a, an open door for miners because we're competing really with other states like Texas, Georgia, uh, Tennessee, et cetera. And we want to make sure that we're competitive.
1: Well, you know, and if you listen to my show or know me. I'll say it a thousand times in a, in a year, but capital flows to where it's treated best, right? That's so, right. so if we have if we have the kind of the, the guardrails, uh, we always want to protect consumers, uh, but we want to try new things. Uh, we talk about the regulatory sandbox, and and mm-hmm. that's how you know one cool name for a for a, a, a for legislation, right? Because nobody knows what it is, but we're talking about a sandbox. So It sounds fun, right? Um, but you 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 and I worked together, uh, Councilman Tart Bakari in in Charlotte, uh, 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 Senator Johnson over in, in Union County was a big help there um, in making sure that we were getting the legislation right, but. What what is a regulatory sandbox? What is that what does that effectively mean? Because it was one of those it's legislation that I think we got it passed, if not unanimously, almost yeah, unanimous. It was it but was it, groundbreaking. It took a lot of explaining, but once we got legislators to understand what it was, they they were all for it. Uh, tell tell me what a sandbox is.
3: Yeah, the the regulatory sand there's a few different sandboxes. So, you know, there's some all over the country and there's some at the federal level too. But the concept of a sandbox is to provide a uh, if a forum or a vehicle for st- uh, innovative startups to go into a jurisdiction and to begin uh, implementing their innovative startup ideas without being subjected to uh, regulatory hurdles that, where they normally would have been if they just did it with, without the sandbox. Mm-hmm. And the point is, it's also intended to be temporary, right? You come in, and if you have an uh, innovative product, that would be subjected to like securities laws. Or um, in Arizona, they did a transportation sandbox with autonomous vehicles. Um, so, they're able to test out things that they wouldn't normally be able to do outside of the sandbox. So, in North Carolina, the one that you led the fight on, it was a bipartisan North Carolina regulatory uh, financial innovation sandbox. And we, um, we, we really, that's just, I can't tell you how grand, groundbreaking that's been because that opened up uh, quite a bit of doors for fintech companies to come in and explore and test out solutions, uh, insure tech. And then we put in, of course, the, the blockchain component to, to the second iteration of that bill. And it, it passed with it flying colors. Um, and that really, I, we, there was a lot of great publicity from that. Uh, and the appointees that were put on that, one of them, Agnes, who's on our blockchain task force, was also put on there as the appointee from the Lieutenant Governor Robinson's office. And uh, they've gotten a lot of applicants already coming in. And I think there's going to be, that's going to grow over time because the way it's structurally set up, there's diff- it's multi-agency. Which is great. You know, the involvement from Secretary of State, Justice, uh, Treasurer, et cetera. That's very unique. Not all states do that. And um, it's a great recruitment tool as well, uh, especially for a city and region like Charlotte, where there's already a lot of financial services um, products and companies.
1: Well, and that's just it. It brings new opportunity uh, to an area, uh, and this area particularly is the state. Right? Uh, yeah. We've got the, the financial, uh, you know, the financial business, and in, in we think, and in, in just in in Charlotte, and it is huge in Charlotte, but it's really all over the state, uh, and and it gives new opportunity to explore new products, new ideas. Uh, to like you say you know with the with a light touch of regulation but the the oversight part of that is is a lot of the folks who do run for office or who do serve in in a position of, of authority in the state to make sure that we're, we're getting it right we're not taking advantage of consumers and and our constituents so there's a lot of lot of things there we're we're talking with Dan uh, spooler he is with the blockchain association we'll be back after the break uh, Quick segments, I know, but really appreciate you hanging around to talk about blockchain. We'll be back in just a moment. And welcome back to All Things Sane. It's the pre-Christmas edition with your host, State Representative Jason Sane. Joining me in the studio today is Angela Mirando, our chief of staff. Welcome. Hello, hello. She's she's the boss lady in charge. She's been working in the district this week, got her out of Raleigh, and uh, she got to give her the grand tour. She's been up in the western end of Lincoln County, the eastern end of Lincoln County, and and in Lincoln. So Glad to have you around before Christmas.
2: Thank you for having me. I got my Jason Sane tour today of Lincolnton. I saw the old haunts between the new place and the old and excited to be here.
1: Uh, only cost you a little bit of listening time. so. You know, <laughs> and I bought breakfast. So uh, glad to ha- have you join us here in the studio. And then joining us online, uh, Dan Spuller with the Blockchain Association. Uh, We're talking Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, lots of things that have been happening in North Carolina for the last really last 10 years or so, uh, you've been a big part of it. And we've also passed some, some really good legislation uh, that that has become model legislation uh, for, for other entities so that other states can do it. Tell us a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, um, I just want to reiterate, yeah, I think our state's definitely been punching above our weight when it comes to some of the other, um, what, what they like to call crypto-friendly states like Texas, Florida, and Wyoming, um, I think we're definitely ranking right up there. And let me give you a few examples. So this past summer, two very large bills came to the state house um, that got a lot of uh, publicity and and a lot of attention from our ecosystem. The first one was House Bill 690. This was known as the No Central Digital Currency Payments State Act, um, introduced by uh, state rep uh, Harry Warren. And this was groundbreaking. This was back in May. Um, It essentially prohibited the state of North Carolina from um, participating in any um, central bank digital currency uh, initiative pushed by the Federal Reserve. It passed 118 to zero. That's unanimous. That was all the more groundbreaking. And it was so profound, ALEC, um, the American Legislative Exchange Council, um, really declared that a a model policy for the state, or for the country, rather. And uh, so it passed the state house. Now it's it's sitting in the Senate. We're really hopeful in the, in the new year, in short session, hopefully we can get it through there. But um, that is a big issue because I think there's a misconception. There's a, it's a huge difference between uh, a CBDC and Bitcoin. It's really the antithesis of Bitcoin. Whereas the C- CBDC is uh, you know, it's digitized fiat, which defeats the whole purpose right, of, of crypto. So that was big. And then the other one that we, we really pushed was House Bill 721. This was introduced by Mark Brody, it was the State Precious Metals uh, Depository Study Act. And we work closely, actually, with uh, the Sound Money Defense League, which is uh, big in the gold community. Mm-hmm. And the gold and Bitcoin community don't always see eye to eye. But the fact is that they agree with quite a bit of philosophically, you know, on sound money, on, on, on decentralization and on, you know, fighting back um, just inflation and, and the the debasement of the U.S. dollar. So what we decided to do was we put this, this bill together. We work really closely with Representative Brody. And it passed, it passed pretty substantially. Um, the one individual who spoke out against it, I forgot his name, he's a state representative that's now running for treasurer on the Democratic primary. But um, it, other than him, really, it passed very well. And it was a study bill and that passed. Now that's also sitting on the state Senate, hopefully they'll, they'll take it up. But that study bill will issue um, a study to the administered by the state treasurer, um, most likely whoever full well is succeeded by. And it'll provide the state an official uh, study to examine whether we need to put Bitcoin on the state's uh, balance sheet, a very, very modest amount as a hedge against inflation and systemic credit risk. Um, at the very minimum, it's a study bill. And I think that's just a great uh, symbol and, uh, of, of our state really being forward thinking.
1: Well, to your point, um, you know, in our state, Uh, one of the things I always want to make sure that we're doing is making sure that we're not dependent upon anyone else that we can be as self-sufficient as possible. I mean, I mean, Obviously we, we we work in trade and commerce we work with other states we work with other countries and so forth but when you talk about a hedge against inflation uh, if we can protect and we can be good stewards of of the monies and the and the fortunes of, of people that live in the state, I think that's our first priority right Is to make sure that they're they're always going to have be in a good place uh, where other states have not always done that. Um, and and this is just a, a a part of that that narrative, that part of that uh, you know vision that that we should have as legislators, as we look out for what's next, what's cutting edge, but also what protects our citizens. So um, I think I think that's huge. Uh, I know uh, Representative Brody is incredibly passionate about uh, yeah. this bill. I think we'll, we'll, once we get to the short session, as you know, you've been around the process, uh, uh, everybody collects their hostages from one, one chamber to the next, and then we'll we'll trade them off as, as we get into the short session. But hopefully these two can move pretty quickly once we get back into session in April, because um, I, I think it's very important. And, and like you say, other, other um, um, states are looking at what we're doing. And, yeah. and 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 want to be a part of that and, and i think that is that is to uh credit to your organization's work and and helping really thread the needle uh across you know party divide and so forth and and getting leaders just to understand what what's going on
3: you know i i, I appreciate that and I, I i want to point out too your good friend represent uh, chairman patrick mchenry um he doesn't obviously weigh in too much on state level legislation but when that passed um, he put out a statement from his Washington office, you know, praising it, both those bills. And so we, we really, uh, we really appreciated that. And he's done again, a lot uh, for the industry uh, at the national level. So he's going to be a major um, continuing player even beyond his t- tenure in Congress.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I, I it, it, his passion won't leave just because he's leaving office and, uh, and yeah. has been a, a thought leader on it. So we, we, whatever he does next, we know we'll, he'll, be a part of it. Uh, real quick. What do you think vision wise, where, 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 do we go from here? And we'll, and love to have you back on the show. Uh, yeah. as, as I know, we'll get, uh, more questions first website, where can people learn more? Where, where can they go find more information?
3: Yeah, there's two websites. So the North Carolina Blockchain Initiative, which was the task force, um, that's ncblockchain.tech is the website. And then uh, my uh, the other website is theblockchainassociation.org. So that's the trade association that I'm affiliated with at the national level. Um, Vision-wise, I want to just go back to the North Carolina Blockchain Initiative. You know, This was originally, it's set up as a task force. It was originally set up under Dan Forrest, previously in 2019, who was very forward thinking on, on technology. Um, once he left office, we immediately went to his successor now, Gov- Lieutenant Governor Robinson, who was also very interested um, in, in Bitcoin and blockchain, and he agreed to um, you know, maintain the task force to help us. It's nonpartisan. You know, We're not an authoritative body. We're a series of experts that are exploring this technology and uh, doing some research and, and advocating and educating across the state. And I think going into 2024, it will be another very, very important year for, our, for, for for Bitcoin and blockchain. There's a halving process coming up, which happens every four years. Um, what that means is the, the Bitcoin that's uh, it's still outstanding, that's to be mined, the difficulty level of mining that will be cut in half. So scarcity leads to price increases. So you're going to get a lot more calls probably over the next year or two. Everybody's going get, to be getting back into Bitcoin and crypto. No doubt about it. It happens every four years. Um, I think there'll be a lot more attention on the industry. Um, I think the industry is becoming a lot more institutionalized, a lot more credible. There's a Bitcoin ETF, exchange traded fund, that's set to be approved within the next few months out of uh, out of Washington. Those are the kinds of uh, topics that you know we wouldn't even have heard of four or five years ago. Sure. Now it's become much more mainstream, and I think those um, that leads to um, much more uh, much more credibility in the industry. And I think it'll be a really important part of our conversations going forward.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. It's one of those things. It hangs around long enough, uh, concepts, and 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 people hear enough about it that it marinates, uh, and as they become more comfortable with it, they start to explore it more. And, and to your point, with an election year, uh, things that always happen in elections year, uh, election years, people panic based on whatever their political belief may be, uh, you know, whoever's going to win, who's going to lose, what's going to happen. Uh, they start looking for safe havens for money uh, and, and to, a place to put things of value and to store those and keep them safe. Uh, and, and Bitcoin and, and, and uh, blockchain is going to be a big part of that. Uh, cryptocurrency, yeah. if you will. And,
3: and you're hearing it on the national conversation. You have, you know, the presidential candidates talking about it too. Again, this is a new development. I mean, uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. and Mar- uh, Ron DeSantis, Ramaswamy, the, the bipartisan, uh, they're, they're starting to talk about it now in debates, which that means that it's gotten a lot more mainstream.
1: That, that's exactly right. And, and and then when I tell people that, you know, people ask me about it, they really do. I mean, it's, it's uh conversation yeah. with constituents, you know, right here in the district, uh, want to know more about it as they hear more about it so I, I, I appreciate your work and partnership uh, you've been a great partner on this' we're, we're, our office is, is more than happy to keep pushing and, and keep uh, getting you know making sure that we're ahead of, of, of everyone else and, and they can learn from us we can be a, a good example that's never a bad place to be. Uh, we'll do it from from end, at least in North Carolina and appreciate all the help that you've been able to, to give over the years and, and leading in this and uh, it is uh, it's a great place to be when you're when you're first. Uh, and, and I, that's where I prefer to be. So Dan, uh, Dan's Buller blockchain association, association, glad to have you on. We'll, we'll bring you back on. We'll talk more about it, but I uh, hope you have a Merry Christmas and, uh, and again, just great to see you and en- enjoy the holiday.
3: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure.
1: Merry yep. Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Take care. Merry Christmas. So Angela, we got just a minute or two, um, as we, as we talk about, um, well, we're getting into Christmas. We are. Uh, what is your Christmas wish?
2: My Christmas wish, uh, you know what? I'm just excited to spend it with a little family this year. I, uh, d- I don't get to see them a lot. My family all lives pretty far away, so I'm just excited to do some of that.
1: So you're going up to the Washington, D.C. area? Got family there. Are you going to Boston?
2: Uh, not this year. Okay. Not this year. Yeah,
1: so just just not too far away. No.
2: Your Yankee work release program only lets me go so far.
1: You know, I, we, we, we like to, <laughs> with so many people coming from somewhere else in the district, I think it's appropriate that we that we did get you out on work release, and, and we have a, <laughs> our, our token Yankee in the office. We, we speak all languages in north carolina Uh, we we kid and joke but uh, we we, and and her family lives at the coast we we cover it all Uh, but glad that you're here in the district that uh that is it's been great because she'll be here till friday uh we'll be doing more things with constituents uh we like to do that you know really once we get out of session and this year it took us a long time uh but glad to have you around and and family loves having you here too so uh merry christmas to you
2: merry christmas to you and yours i'm happy to be here and excited to hopefully do it again soon sometime.
1: Well, Merry Christmas to you all for listening, and uh, we'll, we'll, of course, have you down more. Um, it has been a great half year since we started the show. Uh, love having having you listen. Appreciate everyone that uh, that does listen to the show. Uh, we will see you after the new year. I think we'll take a break next week. Uh, and again, always great to have you on All Things Sane with State Representative Jason Sane.